0: Hello, I have the lovely Brian with me. Hello, Brian. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: I will do, Donna. Yes, thank you. And it's great to see you at last, uh, after seeing you on the screen so many times. Um, now, I'm Brian Mason. Um, my writing name is Brian J. Mason, because there's another Brian Mason who writes erotic fiction. Um, so, um, although I'm not bothered about that, I wouldn't mind having his readers. But, um, yeah, there's already, there's already another one out there. Um, So I'm Brian Mason, I'm a bit of a fraud, I have to say, because um, I know you always have people on who tell you how many books they've written and they've written 10, 20, God knows how many books they've written. Um, And I've only had one published um, and there's a bit of a story behind that, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, I've I've just had the first novel published last year, um, Shaking Hands with the Devil, which is a serial killer uh, comedy at um, least I think it's funny um, and although I wrote it 30 I first drafted it 32 years ago and so at the time I was obviously a young man then or younger yeah a lot younger than I'm now um, um, and at the time I was um, you know I'd written this thing was convinced it was good good enough um, I, I was living in London at the time I had an agent um, who was, um, once I got the agent, I thought, well, that's it, I'm made. I've got an agent. She's going to find me a publisher and we'll be, that's it. I'll be life of luxury forevermore. Um, but um, we didn't get it published all those years ago, and there were all sorts of reasons why it wasn't published. And I was really disheartened. And so I, um, I thought, I've been telling people that I thought, well, I'm obviously a failed writer. I'd better go on and be a failure at something else instead. Um, which largely I have been, Um, but uh, a few years ago I dug it out and every now and again I read the thing again and a few years ago I dug it out read it again and thought actually yeah I still think this is good and it's a real shame it didn't get published so I made some changes and then I was determined to try one more time to try and get it published and I thought if it doesn't work then that's it, it's gone forever, that dream is gone um, but I did manage to get it published, um, and then I was worried to death about what people would think about it. Um, yeah, was it was it good enough? Did people like it? Did people hate me because of it? Um, and um, you know, it's i have been really pleased with the reception. So um, only this year I've started. Well, only last year rather I've started um, writing the next one. So it's been a 32 year gap. And when I started writing, I thought, oh, can I still can I still write a book? Because I did it last time, but I was in you know, my 20s then and I, my life was very, very different. Um, so I thought, well, i be able to do it again. But, you know, we, might, we might talk about that later on. But I'm actually really, really pleased with this with the next one. And, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to knock the first one into a, into a cocked hat, hopefully. <laughs> But that's me. I mean, so I've not been a professional writer. Uh, I, now I do consider myself a, a writer, but I'm still having to do other things to make, you know, to, to make ends meet. So I've done a variety of, of, of jobs, um, mainly in the sort of public sector. Um, but I've done a variety of jobs. So I've done a variety of daft jobs and um, odd jobs and um bits of stuff that paid a little tiny bit of money that supplemented the rest of what I was doing, but wasn't enough. Like acting, did a bit of acting, but I was never gonna, I was never gonna be able to afford um, more than two meals a, a week if I continued acting. So I I had to just do that for fun, really. But I've still got, yeah, I've still got I've still got some of that in my back pocket.
0: <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> And you're not a fraud. And I will talk to anyone, no matter how many books they've written. And I've been looking forward to speaking to you because I read your book and loved it, oh, as you know from my uh, book tour oh. review.
1: Well, it's wonderful review. No, I'm, and it's, you know it's so, I, I yeah, you know, my, my, I'm, my admiration for you is so immense because you do all this. No one's paying you. Presumably, no one's paying you. No one. I didn't pay you. No one's paying you. Um, yeah, you're you're doing it it's it's obviously it's your valuable time and your effort um and it's such an incredible it's such an incredible service for people who are struggling to get right re- you know to get recognition and even just the satisfaction that someone's going to sit down and re- and read their you know their dreadful book um that's yeah that's fantastic and yeah know i'm and i'm very very grateful for the re- review you you wrote and i'm glad that you got the the humor and yeah some of the references and stuff that's in there from my my weird imagination
0: yeah that was right up my street um, yeah <laughs> I was chuckling um I studied forensics so um ah, I love well. everything to do with that sort of that side of stuff anyway so yeah, yeah but yeah it was it's like I really enjoyed spotting them once I'd got a couple then I really yeah. enjoyed looking for them and yeah one way <laughs> you sort of change I was like yeah that's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Shaking Hands with the Devil is a very odd title, I think. And, yeah. um, why did you decide to write a comedic crime book? Because it's a very unusual genre. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I did because I was, at the time, and still am now, I was very attracted to to true crime. Um, I know it's a bit, a bit of a dirty word, often true crime or two dirty words, um, but I was very attracted to that macabre uh, world. And I did used to read a lot of stuff, a lot of true crime books. Um, I still do to a certain extent. Um, and I just thought what I wanted to do was write a comic novel, first of all. But I wanted to do something that had that aspect to it. And I thought it was unusual. And I thought because of that, there might be interest in it. Um, and it's the sort of thing I like to read as well. I like to read things that are a bit, um, you know, a bit uh, yeah, off the wall, um, out of left field, a little bit odd, a um, bit quirky. Um, and to, uh, yeah, so I, I, that's that's what prompted me to do it. I mean, at, at the time, when I th- I've been thinking a lot now about what I was like when I wrote it. And I did things like... Um, I used to, I lived in London, and I used to volunteer in Highgate Cemetery to do clearing up, clearing all the weeds and the brambles and stuff. So there's the part of Highgate Cemetery where Karl Marx is buried, but the other side of the road, there was a wild kingdom of fantastic um, graves and stories. And I used to go and do that, partly because I thought it was a good thing to do, but also because I thought I might find a girlfriend that way. But... um, Unfortunately, most of the women I met there weren't really interested in romance they were um they were a bit weirder than that <laughs> but um yeah, so that's sort of my, my state of mind when I wrote it um, and I knew i wanted um, yeah you know, I knew I wanted to write a killer I wanted to get this guy in and I also wanted to tell people who he was right from the outset I didn't want who done it I didn't want um a mystery uh the only mystery was you know why well eventually it's why why he wants to stop doing it really um, and then he gets you know something happens so he has to either con- well not exactly continue but he has to keep keeping that line of work um, so to speak <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah it's it's unusual actually that he does completely stop and then for various reasons like okay yeah. <laughs>
1: and and i think i don't you know i think about the ones that stop are probably the ones you know, the ones that get away with it all because there's there's lots in the in the past and people always wondered you know why did the, why did the killing stop? Did he die? did something happen to him? Was it did he commit suicide um, or you know, or you know, were, they, were they so frightened of being caught that they they you know, they didn't risk they didn't put themselves at risk or did they just think, as Clifton does, you know, what the hell am I doing this for? What am I getting out of it? Because he does have a you know a few miserable days. He goes around thinking, all I've got to do is live for, for killing someone tonight because I actually haven't got any other interests. I haven't got any hobbies. Um, and he does, you know, I don't explain exactly how he gives it up, but there's a time difference. And it gets, you know, he, he, he suddenly think, he suddenly reappraises his life. And he thinks, so actually, that's a bit daft. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, but he's... You know, goaded by um by the by DCI Dave Hicks, and he's also goaded by the other development, which I won't go into too much detail about. But the other development, which forces him back into that world to a certain extent, to you know to get um, to to find out what is actually happening. Is he going mad, or is he actually is there somebody else out there? Uh, without giving too much away, which I probably, which I probably have already, but.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Dave Hick, um, is yeah. he completely fictional or is he based on anyone you know? Um, did you enjoy writing him? Because I want to punch him in the face quite frequently.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he's he was very much based on somebody I used to work with. So I used to work with this guy, um, and I won't obviously say his name because I don't know if he's still around. But I used to work uh, with this guy in in London, um, in this in this office, and he was an absolute idiot. Um, but I seemed to be the only one who could see that he was an idiot, um, and that everyone else just used to accept the stupid things he said, and the the sort of the, the um the daft things he did and he, he, Dave Hicks is is bigger than the guy I knew he's he and the guy I knew didn't have the appetite that that Dave has um, but he used to say a lot of the things that are, are in the book and he's and, and some more as well so I'm I've got, I've got some for yeah you know, another time but uh, he said the most ridiculous things and I've, my favorites were that when he was on the phone to somebody He'd say, oh, madam, um, now you have my undevoted attention. Um, And he'd say things, crazy things like um, it's on the tip of my head. He'd say, oh, it's on the tip of my head. and I always pictured him with a big pointy head, Um, but he just used to drive me mad. He was one of those people who just, uh, especially when you work with them day after day, he really got under my skin. And I used to just write down these things he said. Um, and it wasn't, He wasn't, I didn't hate him, but he just irritated the hell out of me. And I wanted to, you know, I just thought he was a great character. Um, and so I've, you know, cranked up quite a bit of it, but some of it have actually sort of toned down, some of the, you know, somehow some how stupid he was. Um, I thought I can't make Dave so stupid and so insensitive. Um, I think in an earlier draft, he was a bit more insensitive, and he was a bit. He wasn't. Um, you know, he was. He was a, a, a not such a nasty, but he wasn't attractive a figure at all. And I've tried to make Dave um, a little bit more sympathetic. Sometimes you do feel a bit sorry for him. Um, and there's a, there's a scene. Oh well, when when he's with the scuba diving people, and they're making fun of him. You know, he's no,
0: <laughs> not one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but he did irritate me, and he. It's um yeah, so I could picture him. And I and when I when I read Dave now, I, I can picture him, I can see him because he looked the same as well. He had a he had a bit of a big beard. He did turn up for work one morning with these bright blue glasses, and we we're talking about neon blue glasses, and he just used to normally wear a grey suit white shirt grey tie you know nothing interesting about him at all appearance and um he turned up and we said oh oh um nice glasses and he said oh yeah i hate dell colors and but that's all he ever wore but these things were you know they were luminous and so yeah so dave dave in the book he does have these bright blue glasses and um yeah, I, they were a big well they don't I don't mention them much but they were a feature they were a feature of him yeah and he was
0: the mummy's boy wasn't he which
1: kind of explains a little bit maybe of how yeah. he is yes he is a yeah he's a mummy's boy um and his mum's a bit um you know she'll she you know the they do fall out at one stage but they she'll do anything for her davy and um and then he you know she embarrasses him a little bit but he knows he's also under her thumb and i think the bit i oh, there's a bit i like when i say that you know he he lived in, he lived in the same street but he doesn't live with her because he needed his independence so he goes to eat at her's three times a week she came over to cook for him three times a week um, but you know in his own mind he thinks oh no i'm i'm away from mum you know mum's you know she she doesn't know what i do i'm too important for that but uh yeah, he is a bit of a mummy's boy. And and she's you know, she's I don't you know, she's a bit of a sad old case really, because she's she thinks the world of this, you know, this lump really, this useless lump. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and she thinks he does more than he does, I think, as well. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. he, he, does, he does as well though, to to you know, to be true, you <laughs> know, to be careful to her. She he he does. He thinks he's better than he is, obviously. He's one of the greats. You know, he always talks about the greats. Uh, Holmes and you know Holmes and uh, 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 and Poirot and Crackett and Tubbs and all those people, <laughs> most of them, virtually all of them, are fictional. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you said that you've written um, book two. So was it hard to pick up, especially after having written the first draft of the, of that one so long ago, or did you find it not too bad?
1: No, actually, um, it's 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 easy, really, and it's all flowing. Um, what I did last time is I had an idea in my head of how I wanted the story to go, but not very tied down. You know, things developed, and I do remember occasionally I got to the end of a chapter and I thought, oh, right, what's going to happen next? Um, but this time I've written more of a storyboard, um, so I've done a lot of research. It's a different place, same time, exactly the same timeline, but... Um, Time time zone, but it's um, I've got much more of a storyboard. But as I'm writing it, um, you know things are changing. The storyboards I've had to keep changing and changing. Characters have popped in and they popped out, and stuff is happening. And it's doing exactly what happened last time when the characters take a life of their own and the situation takes a life of its own, and odd things happen. And I think, oh yeah, go go with that. See what happens with that. And it's that's. That's um, really enjoyable. So um, I'm trying to crack on with it, but uh, you know, it's it's just getting the time because um, I'm working uh, part time as well. So I'm cracking on. But to, but tomorrow, tomorrow is my tomorrow one of my writing days. So I've got four writing days ahead of me um, after navigating the when the boiler man comes to do the boiler.
0: Yeah. Um. Do
1: you have a favourite character or who's your most fun character to write? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I suppose Dave is fun to write, although he's irritating. Um, and in my in my new, well, in the new one I'm writing, I've got a character who's not quite fully formed yet. And uh, he's slightly based on somebody I, I knew. And he's just, um, he's got little foibles. Um, and he's, in, he's one of the main one is, it's he's incredibly softly spoken, and he's so softly spoken that people are straining to hear, and everyone is leaning forward to hear what he's saying. Um, and he's quite fun because he, I didn't start writing him like that, he, you know, that suddenly occurred to me. Oh, I know, I'll base it on that guy when I went to this meeting, and no one could understand what he was saying. Um, but he was very senior. Um, And he looked like he should have a great big loud voice because he was a big guy, but he had this little tiny voice. And the more you you lent forward, the quieter he became. So he's he's quite fun to write, Um, although I'm running out of adjectives to describe, you know, (laughs) how softly spoken he is. But um, he's quite fun. But I like all of them, really. You know, they do become, you know, even the hideous ones, they become um, you're quite fond of them uh yeah and Clifton gentle my my serial killer um yeah I, yeah i am quite fond of him i you, know, i want him to i wanted him to get away or i wanted him to i didn't want him to be badgered by by dave hicks so you 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 feel sympathy for him yeah you know, even though he does these terrible things um you yeah, you do you do want to. You do want to um, support them, and I, when I I was a big fan of the um, the Sopranos uh, TV series, and I always rooted for Tony because no matter what terrible things he did, yeah, I thought he was better than the other hoodlums and gangsters, and I, yeah, I wanted him to to come out on top. So it's yeah one of those funny things you get, and yeah, comic characters are, are great, but sometimes the others are. Um, yeah, you need you need all of them. You need the sad sacks, and you need the ones who are the not going to quite make it, and the ones that are overbearing. You need all of these people to, you know, to sound like people that people recognise, because um, you don't want some alien that no one can actually identify with. And hopefully, people have all seen. Yeah, you know, they they understand these people and they've seen them all. And I think that's one thing I've got from being older, writing about it. You know, I've met I've met more weirdos than I did when I was in my late twenties. I've met lots of them. <laughs> I've probably, you know, including myself, I've met lots of these strange people.
0: Yeah, I work in retail, so... Uh, oh I, well,
1: it's full of them.
0: Yes, yeah, just like, well yeah, just constant stream of weirdos, one after the other, generally. I've yes. seen all sorts.
1: <laughs> I think whether there are more now than there used to be, and I think I put it down to the fact, I, I was asked why, um, you know, why uh, when I wrote the book it was seen as a bit uh, too extreme uh, and that's some of the things we got back from publishers they said oh I don't know about this it's a bit too extreme we don't like this you know we're a bit we're not sure how it's going to land um but I haven't had that I've had I've had overwhelmingly good reaction I've had the odd bit of bad reaction and partly for people i think you don't and um, i don't if they don't get it, it's not for everybody i don't expect it's for everybody but people have interpreted things in that i haven't intended and that you know, it is based in that period and uh, values and the way people uh, express themselves was different and you wouldn't get away with half the things that people did um then so you know sexism and all sorts of other stuff that goes on um but uh, you, know, you I, I've left that, you know, that that's because it's in the past. It's, you, you can write about it and not be upset by it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, don't, I forgot what your question was now. I've rambled on, got myself- Weirdos. Down. Weirdos, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I think now maybe it's, bec- there are more weirdos around and there's more extreme stuff around. I mean, you go to the cinema and you see something and you think, oh my gosh, I think I went, to see a, I went to see a film in the cinema recently and came out. I mean, as, and as it was starting, it said this is a, um, it was a 12 or something. And I thought, oh, right, oh, it's a 12. And then at the end of it, I thought, oh, my God, in my day, back when I was a, when I was, when I was a, young, a young man, that would have been an 18. There was no way that would have been suitable for children. Um, and, you know, values have changed and people's behaviours change. And also, I think we allow people to, um, you trust people a bit more. Than we when we probably used to we don't you know we don't police them as much as we did um, and so that's allowed some of these crazy people to come out I suppose and to be you know in in the accepted world and you know, true true crime is a is an area where I think the true true crime section was always hidden away in a back room somewhere that you know, you, you and you went in there you'd look a bit dodgy. When you went in to see if you could see the, the the book you wanted, but um yeah, that's all very much out there now. And yeah, you know, well, because of the internet as well, I suppose it's it, the internet. It's it, it's it's there. Things are accessible. Um, you can find out anything you want now, virtually, can't you? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Plus the the real world then there's nothing in the real world that you could make up that would be no. anything fiction
1: is. Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no.
0: Yeah. Um, what's the most interesting thing you found researching your books?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I mean, because the moment, the book I'm writing at the moment is called An Old Tin Can, and it, it, and it will be called An Old Tin Can, Um, And it's based in uh, Belfast at the time of the Troubles. Um, So it's exactly the same time as Shaking Hands of the Devil. That was about 1989, 1990. This is exactly the same, 89, 90. And um, I wanted it there because I've always, I've been fascinated by that period of history for quite a while. And I don't come from there, but I've visited lots of times Belfast. And I'm doing lots of research. The mo, well, I've, hopefully I've almost come to the end of my research, but I've done lots of research about the, the troubles and what was going on there, and the, and the individual stories. And so, so it's some of the, it, it's it's some of the the strange things that were that were there. You you think of it all as a black and white. There was one side and against the other side, and you might you might have thought that you know, you'd favour one or the other, but there's so much mixing going on, and in my um. I think what I've been researching is the the RUC, the, the the Royal Ulster Constabulary, as it was the police force. And I've got my my new detective isn't quite he's not is not an idiot like Dave was, um, but he's got things he's got things wrong with him. You know, he's got some issues around him. Um, but it's um, in the police station. I've just got the mix of characters, and there are some who are um, who are staunch um, uh, loyalist Protestants, and others who are. Who were Catholics? Who were doing a you know, what they saw as doing a police job, but there was all this other madness going on around them. And it's how many of those people there were. So I've got a storyline around a couple of those people who were in there, and that's quite fascinating, really. And again, it's based on. It's not just the you know I don't want it just to be a typical story. Um, it is. It is more of a cat and mouse. The next one, um, but uh, but you do see the killer earlier on. You don't quite know who he is. Uh, and it's really about what his motivation is. Is the um, is the you know, is the, is the issue? And so the one of the big themes in it, or the big theme, is identity. And it's also about um, people. It's a there's a, a story about adoption. So there's an a, there's, there's something around adoption. And I've got something of my history um, involved in that as well. So because um, I I had a part of my one of my family was was adopted, um, and then it all went wrong. Uh, and it's there's something similar goes on in this. So there's there's a bit about the real life stuff that happened there in in Northern Ireland in the in, the, in that period, and also um, things about adoption as well and the secrecy that was around adoption. Um, I've been a big fan of. Um, there's a program called um, uh, Oh God, Long Lost Families. That's it, and that's about finding people who were adopted in the past. And I've Wound some of that up into it as well. And there's a friend of mine recently who's been going through uh, an exercise trying to find out who her birth parents were. Um, so that's yeah, that's quite fascinating stuff. But I'm not going to I'm not going to have time to put all of this stuff in this one. Some of it that might have to wait for a later one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. So many rabbit holes out there for research. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, and I don't want the book to be too long. I want it to be. You know, my ambition is to be ten pages shorter than the last one, maybe twenty pages shorter. And if I have a a good enough editor, they might make it. I might make it a lot shorter than that. But
0: you don't want to go too short.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. But I don't. I don't want it to be five hundred you yeah, know five hundred word, five hundred page um tome. It's got to be something that looks right, and it's you know, accessible, that's what I want. I want something that people are going to pick up and find they can scoot through it and enjoy it. And it's got a good beginning, middle and end. And um, yeah, a bit of a a few surprises along the way. That's what I'm aiming for.
0: Um, One of the first things you said was obviously that it was a comedy. Um, Is it hard to write that into it? Is it something that you have to go back and add or is it something that comes naturally as you're writing?
1: yeah, it's a good question really. It, it, sometimes it you know sometimes it flows. The worst thing in the world is trying to write a joke, um sitting down and trying to write a and I've written um pantomimes and stuff in the past, and I've written humorous prose and things. And when someone says, "Oh, yeah, right, write me a joke about this, there are some people that can do it, but there's not so many. Uh, and it, it all depends if the you know if the inspiration comes, you can get it. Um, I think if you have to force a joke it's not going to be great um, you can you can think about things and what I'm doing at the moment is I do get quite serious with the stuff I'm doing at the moment and it's serious stuff going on you know, there's terrible things happening um, and then I have to consciously remind myself no hold on this is a com- this is supposed to be a comedy book um, puts you know make something a bit you know a bit more extreme so it's not so much built around jokes, so hopefully there will be some jokes in there, but it's getting those extreme moments um, in there. Um, and like I, I, t- I tell you what, without giving anything really away, my, my guy gets, um, my detective gets, promo- gets posted to Northern Ireland, so he's not from Northern Ireland, and he gets posted and it's on promotion, so he's really pleased about it. And he's, he's never felt that he quite fits in so he thought, well, actually, this is not a bad place not to fit in Northern Ireland. So I go there and he gets assigned there. And the thing, the thing he finds is that the, the unit he's um, he's assigned to, when they call themselves the squad, they deal with crime only. They don't deal with terrorism. They don't deal with the paramilitaries and any of that stuff because there's a specialist unit to do that. Um, and so they just get crime. And when he starts there, he soon finds out on the first morning that there, there is no crime, there's nothing to do, because the crime is either terrorism, or there's other crime, and the bad boys in the paramilitaries, they're dealing with that themselves, with punishment, beatings, whatever. So all he's doing is he's chasing lost pussycats, and the odd drunken disorderly, um, and maybe someone that's nicked a, a tin of beans from a shop. But that's a, that's all they've got, and they've got this great unit but they've got nothing to do, but they're there because to make it look normal. So and I think that's you yeah, know, that's a bit of comedy, and they and they're all frustrated. Well, most some of them are frustrated. Some of them are thinking, oh well, happy days, you know, just sit back and collect my money and we'll just do the crossword and chat, and that's that's the end of the day. Um, so yeah, there's little things like that. And then you just, you know, I like to crank it up a little bit and then work out how far you can crank it without it becoming, you know. Un- unreal, really, so yeah, just that's an example, but it is hard sitting there writing a joke, yeah, you know, they either come to you or you, know, you never get if someone says write a joke about a fish climbing up a ladder, you won't be able to do it. it's you know it's a it's too slippery a prospect, I suppose it's a rung too far, but yeah, you can't do it <laughs>
0: <Bye>. please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, What's been one of the most fun scenes that you've written? And what's been one of the most difficult?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Um, well, I suppose, I suppose thinking of shaking hands with the devil, the the fun scene and the one that I, I liked a lot was Dave in the supermarket. Um, his mum's mum's ill, so normally she does all of his shopping. She does everything: his shopping, his cleaning, his ironing, his washing, everything. And once she's ill in bed with flu, and he's got the note to go to the supermarket to get all the stuff, um, and you know, it's just a series of mishaps. And he's all full of importance and terrible you know, things are happening. He he first of all he's told I think to go to um, to get all the fruit and veg from. From the, the the greengrocer, not to the supermarket. She wants it, at the greengrocer. She says, Oh, a lovely man, Mr. Hanratty. is a lovely man. Oh, he's really lovely. And as, so, as soon as he turns up, he goes to get the parking space and this car snips in front of him. And he says, Oh, what are you doing? And the bloke says, Telling you to F off. And then um, he says, Oh, right, that's it. So when he finally goes in the shop, he suddenly sees this man and everyone's saying, Oh, hello, Mr. Hanratty. And he's thinking, Oh, wow. Oh. Oh yeah, this is a lovely man, Mr Hanratty. Um, and then, of course, he gets stuff, it all goes wrong, he forgets to buy something, his bag's split, so he has to go back to the car, because he's never done it, he doesn't know how to do the logistics, and he has to put his bags down somewhere, goes to get the car, comes back, the bags have been kicked open, and and some of the fruit is lying in what looks suspiciously like a yellow liquid, and these ewes are running off, Um so, yeah, his, his series of things there. And I really like that scene. It you know, it all flowed. I think when I wrote it, it just, you know, spilled out. And then I just went back and cranked some bits up and turned other bits down. And then right at the end, um, while he's leaving the supermarket and things are going wrong as he's leaving, there's stuff dropping out of his bag. Um, and then you're aware that actually at the next aisle, there's um, Clifton Gentle is there watching this man. And it's it's the... The only time they've ever come close um, yeah, uh, d- during that during that period. So, uh, and he doesn't. Re- neither of them know who they are, and, and Clifton doesn't even know he's the policeman. But I, I just, I was really pleased when I had that bit at the end that there he is watching him, and it just gives a link to the you know, the next chapter. So that was a lovely chapter. The um the most did you say most difficult ones to write. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's the early start, and as I'm doing it now, it's establishing my main character, Harry uh, Harry Epstein, who's a Jewish detective in Northern Ireland, and that's where the the title comes from, uh, 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 an old tin can, because there's a phrase, uh, "Are you a Billy or a Dan or an old tin can?" So in other words, are you a Catholic or a Protestant or are you just well anything? And he's the you know, he's the eternal outsider, so he's there, and it's. It was getting him in my head, really, picturing what he looks like. I'm not great at giving tons of description about what people look like, because I think that's up to the reader often to picture. And you can describe people in great detail and they'll still have another, another image in mind of what they actually look like. But um, it was getting him uh, to make him reasonably likable, um, but also to introduce some of his, his little mannerisms, his little foibles he's got. Um, without him seeing, you know, mad really. He does he does things like, um, he's attracted to, and it all comes, Yeah, you know, I do these things as well, it's madness. He's attracted to doing things that he knows he shouldn't do. I have this terrible urge whenever I'm, um, if I'm going across a bridge or somewhere, I have this urge. I think, oh, God, wouldn't it be awful if I reached inside my pocket and threw my phone in the water? Um, And I know, yeah, that's the sort of thing I like to get treatment for, but I've never done it. But there's a terrible temptation to do it. And when I drive, this will put you off ever being in a car with me, I used to be drawn towards a wall. If there's a wall going on an underpass somewhere, I would find myself getting closer and closer to that wall. And Harry does something similar. He's attracted to danger, but he doesn't do it because he gets a thrill out of it. It's just this compulsion he has to do something um, like holding his keys over a drain or something and then letting them, you know, releasing the pressure bit by bit. He just does and he's thinking, why am I doing that? It's odd, but I feel like I've got to do it. It's like a scratch he's got to itch. Oh, an itch he's got to scratch, rather. Um, so that's been, that was difficult, but I was pleased I got over that bit. And he's, you know, he's there, you know, he's in my head. Um hopefully Ooh. all the way through, and hopefully you'll be in other people's heads uh, yeah, all the way through.
0: Um, if you were to fictionally kill someone, how would you do it? If I was to- Kill someone, hypothetically, fictionally, oh. if you were a character in a book, how would you- Well,
1: <laughs> mm. oh, that's a good one, that is, isn't it? Um, yeah, because my, my killer in this one, uh, in, the, in the latest one, he, he just simply stabs people through the heart. It's one quick, poof, poof, and, uh, it, and it's and it's done, um, and it's also so different from everything else. Um, Clifton, I don't actually explain how he did it, but um, I think he I think he mainly throttled people. But um, yeah, I think poison. I think good old fashioned poison. There's not enough poisoning going on now. Um, there's, there's chemical, there's sort of, a, you know, um, radiation poisoning. But a good old-fashioned poison, an undetectable poison, is quite a good one um, because you can get in, you can get out. You you can't leave, you know, you, you might just leave a tiny bit of physical trace. But I think that's quite a good one. Um, yeah, there, and there have been people I've wanted to poison in the past, Um and I suppose, you know, writing about it, you can you can picture certain people you wanted bumped off, and you can deal with them. So, uh, I even in my new one, I'm actually I'm not bumping off people I I know, but I'm calling a couple of them after some family members, um, not my family, my wife's family. So, um, <laughs> so I'm doing that partly for shock value, for, but um, yeah, it also to make them make them a bit worried. I think
0: hilarious. <there it> <laughs> and brave I think
1: <laughs> but it is a good yeah that's a good one though I mean we've all thought about it haven't we we've all thought about what we might do if you could do it if you could get away with it if you could do it it would be nice and clean and there's and it, you didn't want to call unless you wanted to cause someone pain you just wanted it nice and quick you can do it um, and there's, yeah, there are some true crimes ones. I remember this, who, who killed uh, Charles Bravo, who was, um, I think in the end, he poisoned himself, but he was, the poison was being used to murder his wife. It's an old uh, Victorian murder in Balham, where I used to live. I used to go and see the house where he lived. Um, and he took this, he took some uh, some arsenic by mistake at least that's the theory that he could have mastered it by mistake. And he was actually slowly poisoning his wife, and then he took some by mistake, and then realised what he'd done. Um, and, and then she was she was um, tried for his murder, but was acquitted. Um, but that yeah, that's a good one. Murder uh, yeah, murder by poison. It's quite yeah, it's, an Agatha, it's a very typical Agatha, Agatha Christie type of murder, isn't it? It's an old, it's a, you know, it's slightly more homely, isn't it? Slightly more comfy, cosy sort of murder really.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be the women's choice, isn't it?
1: Oh, right, yeah. The yeah, because be.
0: hands off and keeping our, our hands clean while still Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no, no need to do any hoovering afterwards or cleaning <laughs> or anything, yeah.
0: <laughs> Indeed. because. got
1: to get rid of the body. Yeah, you got to yeah. get rid of the body.
0: <laughs> um, and if you were to be fictionally killed, who would you want to solve your case?
1: Oh, oh, that is good. Oh gosh, well, I think I think probably my favourite detective is is probably um, is is Marlowe, is Philip Marlowe, really the, the Raymond Chandler, partly because he's I used to, I loved the the movies. Um, I, loved, I, I mean, it would have to be Humphrey Bogart playing him as well. So Humphrey Bogart playing Philip Marlowe because he's wisecracking. He's so sort of sassy. He can handle himself. Um, he'll get, you know, he'll get the job done. He will definitely get the job done. Um, and I loved Raymond Chandler. It's so witty and it's so intelligent. And the and the dialogue is just fantastic. So uh, yeah, I'd go with I'd go with him. I think probably my fa- yeah, I'm sure he is my favourite detective. Um, yeah, he's got it all really. Oh, the ladies like him as well. He's um, yeah, he's got everything going for him. Although yeah, Humphrey Bogart in the films um, didn't, look, didn't look much. He was a little short sort of bloke with sort of funny funny face. But he was, he just exuded class and sophistication. He was, um, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I must go, I must go and watch another one soon. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I've read them all several times, obviously.
0: Um, what's your
1: most overused word or phrase when
0: you're editing? My, my most... Overused word or phrase Ooh, when you're God. editing?
1: Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Um, yeah, there... Oh, gosh. There, I mean, there have been lots, and it's sort of thing that you spot. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous. You, you use a phrase, and then you find you've used it in ex- yeah, the next paragraph. And you think, how on earth did that happen? And you don't even spot it for the first three, two or three times you've, you've read the proofs. Um, I, think, I think probably, and it's the w- real weakness is, I, I use however, however, comma, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, it's all right sometimes, but it's um, I think probably no more than once a chapter, uh, probably not that really once every 50 pages you can do however. And it's quite easy because you, you're talking about something and then you want to switch. Um, but you, yeah, I, I, I think I'm aware of that. Um, yeah, however, and I think um, I find it hard when I'm writing dialogue as well. And I've started experimenting more with, with putting a dialogue and then another dialogue, another dialogue without saying who said it because the reader is clever enough to know there's only two people in the room and the guy's not talking to himself, um, but he is talking to somebody else. But sometimes you'd need to do it and you need to say it. Sometimes you might need to say, you know, he said uh, rhetorically or he said um, surpri- you know, in, in surprise, something to get that you know, to get that drama of the, the, the dialogue going. But I pro- possibly do overdo that sometimes as well. And I think certainly I'd go back if I looked at you know shaking hands of the devil now, I would change some of that, but yeah uh, you know, I changed a lot when I was rewriting it anyway, and it got to a stage where I thought enough i can't I can't change this anymore, and there are some things I read and thought i won't I wouldn't write that now, but I've got to be true to what was written, so I'll keep it in, yeah, however, however, that's the worst. it's not a phrase, but
0: everyone yeah. has different words and it's always interesting and usually everyone knows it straight off the top of their head they know their words.
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah yeah and there are some phrases as well i'm sure i use but probably the ones i've used I haven't spotted i use it all the time <laughs> you've got spell checks now but you haven't got phrase phrase duplicate yeah repetition check perhaps there is one somewhere
0: yeah maybe <laughs> Um, since you started writing all that, all those years ago to now, what's been your favorite moment?
1: Ah, uh, Well, um, I think, yeah, easily the favorite moment was when I first got a copy of, of the book um, in the post. And in fact, the publisher told me the date that it was coming out and it was gonna come out on 30th of September last year. And I thought, all oh, right. And I said to them, when am I gonna get copies? And when do I get them? And they said, oh, it will be, it'll be just after that period. And I thought, well, that's not good enough. I, I, I need it then, then. And then I suddenly noticed, and it's a weird thing, and you might know why they do this, but on Amazon, the publication date was 10 days earlier than the actual publication date was. And I thought that must be a mistake because Amazon said, oh, it's available from the 20th of September. And I thought, that can't, that can't be right. It's got to be a misprint. They mean 30th. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll order one from Amazon. I'll order a physical copy from Amazon. And if it turns up, then it just means I've got, you know, it turns up the same time the others. I've just got another copy and I've paid for it, paid full price for it. But... um. but it did arrive you know they they it did arrive about five days earlier than the actual publication date so when the postman came and i think there was a i had a false alarm because there was something else that came from amazon that a wife or my son had orders and i got very excited about that but it wasn't it and when it came i think opening it up and looking at that physical copy um and feeling it you know (laughs) uh, it wasn't anything in particular it was just looking at it and in disbelief really Thinking, oh, my God. And I did actually get, you know, I did, you know, I did get emotional about it and I did get teared up and I didn't go and I didn't go and tell anyone. I just sort of took it off and put it put it on, on the on the desk and then put it beside my bed and thought, oh, my God. And then then I read it. Then the next day or that evening, I read it from cover to cover. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, and actually reading it in a proper book, that was easily the best thing. Um, and. That was, uh, yeah, I can't, that probably would never be eclipsed, even if I have to write a book and it won tons of awards and did all this and that and the other. It's that first, just getting that book, even I thought, even if, I thought know, well, at least I've got one sale, even if I had to buy it myself, I've got one. <laughs> I can pretend someone else bought it, but um, I've got one. <laughs> yeah, especially after such a long wait, I suppose, actually well,
0: makes it all the more special.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'd given up. Yeah, you know, I had given up, Donna. I'd thought that's it. Um, and I. And when I did think about it over the years, I thought, "Don't be so stupid. You know, don't be so stupid." That's gone. You've done that. You've made a. Mis- you've made a mistake, really. Um, you've wasted God knows how long. You know, I, I took. I, I poured into it, but I did think it's like a gambler. You have got to think, actually, i have got to I'm gonna cut my losses now. And I thought I had cut my losses, but I didn't realize I was still an addict. So I had to go back. <laughs>
0: have you made lots of author friends since you started writing
1: uh yeah i have a few yes
0: yeah and I've, a funny thing is
1: i haven't been a big social uh, media person so i've um I've, I did have a Facebook account, um, but when I was getting some advice from people on what I should do, they did say, well, you've got to embrace it. You've got to start embracing that, that world. So I have gone out more and, and you know, Twitter has been a, a closed book to me, but I've been doing more. And so I am, get, I am meeting some people. Um, I, I'm very much a solitary writer. So I don't, I don't want to accept advice from anybody. Um, <laughs> and I don't really want to show anyone anything yet. Um, I've shown some agents um, and some publishers other publishers but I don't want to you know, no one I, I, I want to have any real interaction with but yeah there have been a few but I haven't yeah it's an early stage and um, I've um, I've written stuff in the past where I've written scripts and things and I've done a double act with someone and I've co-written um, and it's quite hard because you just you have to you just have to um, compromise all the time Um and um, you know, I've, I've sometimes it's sometimes you, you you compromise and you think oh actually that was really good that was a great idea glad we did that or I wonder whose idea it was because I said this and he said that and then I said something else and then something else came up and we we did it that way um, yeah I couldn't I couldn't write a book with anybody else I don't think well, no it's impossible but um, yeah so I've made a few but not yeah uh, you know, I hope to make a lot more um, and if um, you know, well it'd be nice if people think it, I'm, I'm worth getting to know that would be that would be better all, rather than someone someone to be shunned, someone to be <laughs> ignored, be embarrassed about.
0: You're no, quite right in community, you're amazing. So that's never yes. going to happen, I wouldn't have thought.
1: No, and people are people look people can be very, very generous and they can be very giving. And I've um, yeah I've had some contacts with people who've done some reviews and it's been very very generous. And when I did act, when I used to do a sort of lot more acting, there are a lot of actors who are very very generous and they would give you a lot of help and assistance. But there are some who would rather that you go and fall flat on your face. Um, and there's nothing they would like more that you know on stage particularly. You go on stage and you fall on your face, bang, and you make an absolute idiot of yourself. And the other person, although the scene might be ruined, might be thinking, "Oh yeah, good." <laughs> so there are those people around. They're the ones you want to knock off in the books, really. But um, yeah, so there there's a, there, there, there is a supportive world out there, and I think in the in the broader world, there there are more there are more of generous, nice, warm people. Even though often we're writing about you know, terrible things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, yeah, readers and bloggers and uh, writers
1: oh generally are just yeah. Well, it's an amazing world, isn't it? It's it's an incredible world. And it's a world I didn't know existed. Um, in the in the um, the scope that, that it's out there, I just did not appreciate that was there. And in fact, the after this one, <laughs> the next one I'm writing, I shouldn't take it's because it's a good idea, is um, and it, it it will be in the modern day. And it is a, uh, there's a killing, uh, there are a series of killings of um, bloggers, reviewers and critics. So, um, but you'll be all right, Donna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've i been featured in three books.
1: Have um, you really? Oh gosh.
0: Yes. Yeah. Twice I have been sex mad. <laughs> so I don't really know what that says about me, to be honest. <laughs>
1: what it says about the person writing it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> once I was um, a CD politician that took a few men back to my hotel room. Oh right. And then the second time, I was a single mum living in a flat that got into a deal with this debt collector, and I couldn't pay, so I had to have yes. sex with him to pay for my debts.
1: Oh god! And it was yeah. definitely it was definitely you, was it? It wasn't.
0: <laughs> well, they didn't was say on this,
1: this <laughs> uh, by the name. Ah oh, right. So it wasn't yes. it wasn't using. Other no,
0: thing. Yeah. but it was by name, so yeah. oh,
1: oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I like but that. Luckily,
0: the third time I was a policeman, policewoman, so that's <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's given, Yeah, that's given me a few ideas, because I did like, you know, I love playing with the names in Shaking Hands <laughs> of the Devil, and there's a lot in there. I did actually toy with getting um, a glossary at the end to show where they all come from, because there's, there's quite a few... Um, and some are, and some place names as well. Some are suggested. And not the whole name. There's one in uh, Mitre Street, I think. And it's Mitre Square where the, one of the Jack the Ripper murders took place. But little things like that. Yeah, it gave me some sort of, um, yeah, it's, a, it's quite fun to do, isn't it? So I, I, di- I didn't want to do that with the next one. But I've got, I, I'm going for names that sound like they should be the right names rather than um, putting people in. But, I, but apart from I've got my brother, in. both my brother-in-laws are in there. And they both get killed. But,
0: um. oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with?
1: Oh, dearie me! Oh, I've been fill- I've been filling in some Q and As about who my favourite favourite writers have been. it oh, no, is it is it is tough, isn't it? I think at the moment, even though he doesn't write anything like I write, but I'm I'm really um, uh, I I I'm really admire what he does. It's David Peace, who wrote um, well he wrote the uh the damned united that was about um you know leads you about Brian Clough and Don Revy um and he also wrote another one about Liverpool um about Bill Shankly but he's also written well, he wrote some fantastic books um, called the uh, the the what they called the Red Rose trilogy or quartet, and they were around about the, the police investigating um, around about the time of the Yorkshire Ripper, and he writes quite sort of visceral stuff. Really, it's it's quite nasty stuff, um, and but it's I find it quite it's quite realistic, and he's done these novels based in Japan. And uh, you read them and you think, well, this is a culture completely different from anything I know. But they're often about a murder or a crime. And he's, But he sort of bends the rules. He does, he does some things that probably get on an awful lot of people, people's nerves. He does things like, um, he does repetition. He will, he will do a, use a phrase and he'll use it again and again and again. You know, he, does it, he does it on purpose rather than make a mistake. And he will repeat certain structures uh, all the way through. And he does these sort of things. And it's almost like music. It's almost like um, things that Van Morrison does. He repeats a phrase over and over and over again, and he does that sort of messing around. So I think he would be absolutely fascinating because he's, um, you know, he's a, he's very literary writer, but he is also drawn to the dark side as well. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he would be he would be a, a very interesting person to hang around with, uh, spend a day with. Um, probably learn. I'd you know, learn a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely um, so when you're not working and you're not writing what do you like to do with your time
1: uh, well um, I've, I do go to theater a lot um, and I' I do theater review I write theater reviews as well and I that's you know unpaid um, and I got into doing that only about five years ago so I actually went to see something last night in fact and I got home I think what I like I like going out to see things and then I like the discipline of writing about it so I always write them a review when I get home. So it does mean sometimes it's a late night um, and it's the last thing you want to do. You get home and think, oh, I've got to write a blooming review now. Um, so when I do 500, 500 600 words, so yeah, you know, it's a page. Um, but I, I really like that. I like, um, I, you know, I think my favorite thing to do is to sit around a dinner table and eat good food and drink, drink good wine. At someone's expense—that's the—that's the best thing. So yeah, having friends who are good cooks is brilliant. Um, so I like doing that. I like—I do watch sport. I know that you're a Luton Town fan, um, and I have to admit that I'm a Chelsea fan of long standing. So um, yeah, so we—we we put you to the sword the other week.
0: Yeah. Um, eventually <laughs> we kept you on eventually. your toes for eighty minutes.
1: Yeah, so we've put, you, put you to the sword. Um, so I and I do have this. You know, I I first went to see them uh, when I was nine years old. So I'm not a Johnny Come Lately, but I yeah. So I do like that. Although it's it is hell watching watching sport. It's easy when you're there, but watching on the TV is just dreadful. Um, so I, I, I swim a lot now. I've, um, I didn't used to, I used to hate swimming. I thought it was the most boring thing in the world and you get wet and then you've got to put your clothes back on afterwards and you think, God, how long is it? And it takes a lot longer to put clothes on after you've been swimming because you, you've got to dry off and then you get these socks and they're all a bit wet. But I, I, I broke my ankle badly about um, three and a half years ago. Um, really badly smashed it in three places and I've got nine I I've got two pins and nine so nine pins and three pieces of metal in my ankle forever and I went into a a swimming pool after um after I'd done it and it was the first time I'd been pain-free and I thought oh my god that's fantastic because I was you know not doing any exercise couldn't do anything I didn't think I'd walk properly again um and so I started I joined a, a swimming club um, and I started swimming, so I'm not fast, but I can. I've got a, I've got a decent style now because I went and had a couple of swimming lessons, and I thought I hadn't had swimming lessons since I was 11 years old. And so this guy taught me how to do my strokes better. So I I really enjoy it, but I don't count how many how many you know how many, how many, uh, how many lengths I do because I, I lose I just lose track and I go off into a world and just do it until I feel I'm tired and then I get out and um, there's a sauna in the place I go to that's that's really nice um so I you yeah, know I, I, I do it Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big um believer in mindfulness but I think it is a mindful thing I do I take myself off into another world and I don't think about anything I, all I think about is my breaths I take between my strokes and that's all I count and when I get to five lengths I finally think how many lengths have I done I think I can't remember. I've lost count. So then I go back to doing the breathing. And it's um, yeah, you know, just it's it just takes me out myself, really. So that's nice. That and I go, yeah, you know, go to the theatre, go to the cinema, watching a bit of sport, eating too much food and drinking far too much wine. That's that's quite nice, isn't it? Yep, sounds <laughs> like this. I, and I've got I haven't got any dogs. We've got I've got a rabbit, I've got a very elderly <laughs> rabbit. So um mm-hmm. Who we got for the kids. We got two of them for the kids when they were going through exam stress. So we bought these rabbits. But of course, you know, who looks after the rabbits? It's muggins. Um, <laughs> so I've got, I, you know, I'm and uh, she's she's on her last legs now, poor old bun. But um, so yeah, she's she's a big part of my life, poor old bun. And I'll be, you know, she could go any day now, but uh yeah, you know, there's there's nothing quite like uh, the the affection from an animal, is there really?
0: Absolutely not. Yeah, we've had my uh hamsters, gerbils, guinea pigs, rabbits.
1: Yeah, we've got four we of those.
0: Two budgies, we've had cats. Uh, uh, this is our second dog. Um yeah. yeah, I think we've pretty much covered everything. It's
1: covered a lot, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Just losing them, that's hard, but oh I know,
1: it's terrible, that, isn't it? Yeah, they should yes. yeah, you shouldn't. And you uh, yeah we and when, when we had them small animals that died very you know very they didn't live a long life at all, and we thought, oh, it's quite good for the children for you know to get used to that, but it's been awful, it's a terrible thing to do. Here's your lovely pet, oh, by the way, it's dead um <laughs> it's bad enough if a toy gets missing that you've got you got an animal, so um yeah, no, it is terrible when they go, but yeah all you can do is give them a good life, really, isn't it
0: yep, absolutely. Um, If you're able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go?
1: Oh, gosh, period of time. Uh, mm, That's a good one. Mm. Well, I think probably perversely, I would like to go to Belfast in 1990 because I've been to Belfast since and I've... I've, you know, I've, I've recreated lots in my mind and I've seen lots of, you know, there's tons of archive footage out there, but I think I would quite like to do that. I'd like to put myself in Harry's shoes and see what he's up against. So that would be, and it would be exciting. It's dangerous, but it'd be exciting. Although it's one of these things, one of these myths, because uh, I was reading some, when I was doing some research and it said something like 95% of people who lived in Northern Ireland never saw any. Uh, violence or saw anything like that at all, because it was concentrated in certain areas. Um, People in Belfast would have seen the signs of it, but the chance of actually seeing somebody killed or blown up, they might have seen the aftermath with the stuff in the street. But um, it's, you know, it's one of those myths. It's like the myth about, you know, the Second World War where everyone was so wonderful and everyone was pulling together and there was, um, you know, no nastiness where there was, you know, people were being robbed when they went to the air edge shelters so people were nipping in their houses and and nicking their stuff um <laughs> so it's you know it's always that underbelly of um you know, bad behavior i quite like to to look at so as long as i was safe i'd i'd really be interested in going to to northern Ireland time of the troubles as long as i could do a, a you know i've i'm quite good of accents but as long as i could convincingly um sound that i wasn't english and i wasn't um you know a member of the security forces who were spying on one side or the other, then I'll be, I'll be, I'll be all right. And <laughs>
0: um, who is your first celebrity crush? My first...
1: Celebrity crush. Celebrity crush. Oh god. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, oh gosh, I I, I thought I was going to say one, but I thought it might go further back. I was going to say Felicity Kendall at the time of the good life, in the early '70s, particularly when she used to put on a gruff voice and put glasses on, um, I like that. But I suppose really way back, it was Valerie Singleton on the on Blue Peter. I thought she was smashing Valerie Singleton. Um, I just thought she was she was neat. She was in, She was she was very. She had a sense of humour. She was. She would have been a nice big sister. Or um, yeah, and I was probably you know, I'm talking about when I'm five or six, but I think yeah, Valerie Valerie would have been the one for me, yeah. Yeah, she was, a lady. <laughs> yeah she was lovely, wasn't she? Yeah, well, she was yeah. Very, very alive. I did when I worked at the BBC um, briefly. I worked there in um, in Broadcasting House. I used to do um, I used to do a, a, a proper job, which wasn't a real job. It was in sound archives. I used to archive uh, recordings and put them on on LPs, um, and then I used to do sound effects, help make sound effects in the studio for, for dramas, um, and I saw Valerie Singleton in the staff canteen once, and uh, I, was, I wanted to go up and say something to her, but I was absolutely you know, smitten, as you say. And I oh, thought, oh, it's Valerie Singleton. She was you know, a, bit, a lot older than she was when she was on Blue Peter, but um, there was an aura around her. <laughs>
0: He, um, I met um, Phil Taylor the darts player once oh, I right, met yes. him twice actually and um, at the time I was really shy believe it or not uh-uh. most people don't believe it but I was um, and my old boss um, was really outgoing, loud always yeah. the joker and stuff he would not go up and say anything to Phil Taylor even though he loved him he'd been following yeah. his career and stuff so in the end, I had to go up because I'd already spoke to him and had my picture taken with him and stuff. I was like, please, can you go and speak <laughs> to my boss because he's too scared to come over and say anything. So he did, you know, he was an amazing yeah. man. And, yeah, um, yeah so blokes just weird, I find. <laughs> You're just, you lot are just odd. <laughs> <laughs> in the nicest possible way. But, yeah, it did make me laugh.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, and, I, and there's been a yeah, there's been a footballer mm. who I wanted to go and talk to, but I haven't because I've been sewing so all of them. Um, but yes,
0: they're yeah, just people to... too. It's fine.
1: Yeah, oh, I know.
0: Although I did um, when I went to Harrogate last year, I was sitting having breakfast, and um, Ian Rankin walked past and said good morning, oh. and I was a bit like, oh, okay, hi. <laughs> <Bye." laughs> Oh, well,
1: that's so, great. Yeah. And, did, did, and he recognised you, did he? Or was he just saying good morning generally? I was just
0: saying because I was, That was pretty much just me there on my own. But um, I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure he'd know who you were, though, wouldn't he? He would know.
0: I think people are starting to, yeah. Uh, I did yeah. get recognised when I went to Bloody Scotland down at Harrogate, actually. So, yeah, I think people are starting to. <laughs> Plus, I've interviewed so many now, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd love to interview him. I did sort of ask him, he's a bit grumpy, so I didn't ask him again. I could ask. <laughs> I might I might try again.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a big I'm a big fan. Well, I've read everything. Mm-hmm. I've read everything. Um and I, you know, Rebus is a close number two, I think, to 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 um to Philip Marlowe. So um I, I although I'm I do not like it that he's so old now, Rebus. I wish oh, and I'm sure that Ian Rankin wishes he hadn't made this promise. That he would keep them the same age, but he could always go back and write one as though it was you know let's let's go back to yeah, the young Rebus or young or, or middle aged Rebus just do another one another case that he happened to work that he'd forgotten about so um, yeah I prefer him I yeah I don't like it when he's wheezing away and he has to go and live on the ground floor because he can't get up to his flat anymore he certainly couldn't get into a fight with anybody. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's fascinating, isn't he, Rank, and he, and he does churn them out, my God. And they're always, what I love, is that he's always got several different uh, plots going over all the time, so they all, and they don't, sometimes they don't have to be connected, but they, they yeah, there's something else going on, and it makes you think, oh, gosh. And he does, it is a page turner, because you get to the the chapter, and you think, I am have to read the next one. Oh, we're talking about this story now, are we? Oh, right, okay. I get to the end of that, and then, yeah, it's terrible for getting to sleep. Because you want to stay up again, <laughs> find out the next bit. But that's the that's part of the job, isn't it? Yeah. Are you
0: doing or attending any sign-in events?
1: Um, am I going to any other events? Any I'm going like to...
0: book events or signing events? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to I'm going to the Crime Writers Association at meeting in end of April, uh, which is going to be good. So um, I've not obviously not been before. So, um, and I'm not quite sure what to expect. So, I'm going to that, and I'm looking forward to to going to that. I'm looking forward to to, to making contact with people there as well. And I'm going to Crime Fest um, in uh, it's over my birthday weekend in May. So, I've I've got my ticket for that, uh, and that looks that looks that looks like a lot of fun. Um, I've done, I, I'm you know, I'm doing a book tour at the moment with you. Know, a, a, Virtual book tour with Zulu's book tours. I'll give a plug to to that at the moment. So that's that's going. That's really exciting. Um, but what I'm what I'm doing now is I'm going to concentrate after I've had this last burst. I'm concentrating on finishing the next book because I've got. Um, yeah, I want to get. Uh, I I need to get more exposure on on the next book really. So I'm I'm looking at. Um, you yeah, know, I've, I've been talking to one publisher in particular. Who uh, have given me a lot of encouragement, so I'm um, I'm very keen. Uh, yeah, they'd be my number one choice as well. So I'm I'm very keen to do that, and I just really want to. After, because I know that Shaking Hands with the Devil isn't going to be a bestseller. It was never going to be a bestseller. It's not for everybody, um, and I'm a no. You know, I'm a nobody. So I'm starting at such a low a low base, um, but I'm I'm putting out there as much as I can, and then I'm making a conscious decision to. Really concentrate on the next one because um, I'm I'm i um, I'm about a third through, but I, I wanted to get the first draft done by the end of May, and so I'm I'm pushed to do that. But I the only way to do it is to take some serious time off and start just applying myself. But there's stuff that gets in the way. Um, you know, like tomorrow I've got the boiler man coming, boiler man or boiler woman coming, and that could take too much time up and i might be here trying to kill somebody and then there's the boiler person saying can they fix the thermostat because that's busted um but i don't get distracted you know if there's distractions you just get through it really um and sometimes it's for the best because sometimes you might be doing banging away something and it's all stale um and you look at it the next day and think oh that's a bit rubbish isn't it so and there's always a tendency to think well it's it's eight pages I can't tear eight pages up but you're better off doing that than plowing on although I don't usually have to do that I usually go back and edit but yeah so yeah a little bit more but then I'm going to um yeah I know I know that I can't keep flogging it so I'm gonna do what I'm doing it's only been out since September and it's only really been out you know but I've only really started to push it this year so um and just getting my you know just getting contacts and hoping that people can read it really because it's uh it's a you know incredible thrill to see it being read and when I've seen it the few times I've seen it in a bookshop that's that's quite exciting it's it's not so exciting when you look in a bookshop and you're looking for it and it's not there and you think <laughs> and you see this other stuff you think look at this rubbish here.
0: <laughs> and I yeah, have done
1: good. i have moved it and put it onto Onto piles, so I have done that. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure lots of, of authors and they start off have done that, so I have moved that. And my local waterstones was very were really good, and they allowed me to put a, a, a little section. I know when they often have a blurb by the um, by the staff. They uh, they said, "Well, you write it," and they I I wrote it. Um, I then stuck that on, and they all went. They all went really quickly. But uh-huh. getting to get another lot in. Um, you know, it's just a it's a distribution problem, really. I've got that's the that's the issue, and that's why I want to get you know more exposure for the next one.
0: So once you finish writing this one, do you know what's coming next for you?
1: you said, well, I think one, so. Yeah, well, I am toying very much with this idea. You know, the the bloggers reviewers uh, murders. So I'm thinking a bit about that. Um uh, It would mean writing in the present day. So. um. Uh, but I can't, I won't write in 1989, 90 forever. Um, and it's got, it's got some great attractions because there's no mobile phones. So you don't have something happens. Someone doesn't say, oh my, what should I do? I know I'll, I'll ring because they can't ring. They go to a phone box and it's been vandalized or oh, there isn't a phone box. Um, so that's nice. And there's no texts to deal with because you, you know, I know so much modern stuff. You've got to put, you've got to be realistic. Um, but I think I won't I won't write in the past forever so i'm I'm toying with doing that and I've got a couple of other ideas as well I've, there's years ago I used to write some children's stuff as well for, for my kids with these two characters called Mousy and Moosey. and I think I might just knock off a couple of these short stories, Mousy and Moosey stories They're, Mousy was a mouse a moose Moosey was a moose and they were both both them. Um, a bit there, but they just used, there were a couple of not nasty characters, but they were grumbling and they were a bit unkind to each other and they were a bit nasty. And so they're a bit based on what the kids were like when they were little. They were, um, you know, a couple of horrors. So Mousy and Moosey were a bit based on them. So I might just do a, a break, do a, couple, a few Mousy and Moosey stories with a view of maybe having a whole selection of Mousy and Moosey stories, um, you know, shortish stories, kids', kids stories for naughty kids and then um, go back to a murder. But uh, yeah, it's, gotta, it's gonna be murder. There's no way. Murder or uh, it's gotta be a really serious crime. Um, but yeah, what else is there? There's you know, arson, I'm not doing any violent stuff, really. Nothing really violent happens. They're, 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 yeah, are, there's, there's killings, but you don't describe them in you know, too much detail, really. Things, there's someone's alive and next thing they're dead and there's someone standing next to him holding a hammer. Um, but that's as far as it should go. Yeah, I'm not doing too much, but yeah, murders, definitely murders. There's a lot, a lot of stuff out there. And I've got some old, you know, all my old ideas books. I've got lots of snippets of things and characters as well. So it's gotta be character-based.
0: Awesome. Well, I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you about that you wanna tell us.
1: No, not really. No, I don't think so. I mean, how did you get into all this in the first place? How, What did attract you to getting into the into reviewing and the blogging?
0: Um, like most readers, I guess, I've always read, as long as I've okay. been old enough. But it was lockdown. Um, oh, right. I mean, I, I read anyway. Reading's been my saviour. Although I was doing yeah. a degree at the time, so that should have yes. been enough of a distraction. But <laughs> um, so... Uh, during the first lockdown i thought i'd have a look on facebook and see if there are any more groups for readers never yes. thought to look before i think i was already a member of uk crime book club right but i thought i'd have a look and see if there were more and there were loads there's loads of groups yeah so then i started um i think i started getting review copies um i think i'd seen a, a request so i asked and then that was it then i was hooked on I started talking to authors because they were talking about their book and I'm like, oh, is that such and such a book? Oh, I read that and I really liked it. Um, And then, so then I became friends with a few authors and then one of them um, was worried about his second book in a series coming out um, that he wasn't, he didn't think it was going to do very well. So I said, well, why don't I interview you? Um, And then you can get seen all over Facebook and it can get shared around and then over a year later,
1: here I am, still doing it. Well, it's fantastic. I mean, you do such a brilliant, you know, it's such a fantastic thing that you do for people, and it's out of the, you know, it's all the goodness of your own heart. Um, and, yeah, you know, yeah, obviously you enjoy it, but it's, um, you know, it's just tremendous, really. And I know it's just thank you for the time you've put into, you know, reading my book, um, and, um, you know, for, for all the effort you put in. So it's, you know, it's really appreciated, Donna. So thank you very much. Yeah,
0: it's my Been, pleasure. I love it. <laughs>
1: Absolute pleasure talking to you.
0: You too. Um so just before we go, would you like to um have you got a copy of your book to hand to show Ooh, up?
1: I have. It's funny you should mention that. I've got well, I've got, I'll tell you what, this is this is the this was the copy, this was the original copy I got from um uh, I bought from Amazon, which the funny thing is, it's slightly bigger than the um than the, the published one. So you can't, yeah, you can see yeah. one's one's. It's Just a little bit bigger. It's slightly different. So that's that's the book. Shaking Hands with the Devil. Brian J. Mason. Um, cover by a very good friend of mine, um, who's a, a graphic designer who'd never designed a book cover before. And I had to say what I wanted. I asked her what I wanted on the on the cover. So I've got things on there that are in the book. So we've got. Um, there's a, some, a pair of grey underpants. There's a there's a whip. Uh, There's a harpoon, there's a a baraclava helmet, some masks, a severed foot, a little explosion on the bottom here, Um, uh, and and, and a a bag that looks like it could be a swag bag, but actually it's for body parts. Um, So all of that, and on the back there's a string of sausages, um, (laughs) which is one of the things that Dave's particularly keen on. So um, yeah, that's the book. Available from well, I would love to say it's available from all good bookshops, but um, it, you can order it from all good bookshops. Certainly available um, online um, in various forms, and I do want to get a, um, I do want to get an audio version out there. So I've got all the permissions. I just need to, um, I just need to set myself up with a proper little studio because I can. I've done a reading of it once before for a friend who said they wanted to read it but they couldn't be bothered to read it. Would I record it for her? so muggins recorded it you know it took hours it wasn't brilliant but um she did it while she was decorating so um but they when i've done readings people have have liked it so yeah my website is uh, www.brianjmason.com um so i've got readings on there so if you think you might be interested there's readings on there there's stuff on there um there's some reviews I've got to update it with some other other reviews there's reviews on there and there's an excerpt there's a there's a little excerpt and there's excerpts going on at the moment as well uh so um there's some there's some excerpts so if you think you might like to read it but you're not sure you don't want to invest the money or the time then there's some excerpts to read a chapter so and if you like it then fantastic and if you don't keep quiet <laughs> <laughs>
0: well thank you very much Just has been
1: a oh, thank you It's been lovely. All right.